Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Hour number two of the numbers game with Visa, the sports betting network, Visa.com, the Visa app, however you're taking us in throughout the Visa universe. It's Gil Alexander. Jason Kahn, producer number seven, is here as well. By the way, I haven't forgotten about hockey tonight. Vegas, Montreal, up north for game three. Uh, Montreal, a plus 140 home dog. Series knotted up at one game apiece. Uh, Vegas, uh, let's see, minus 160. I'm not sure what the consensus numbers we're putting up, but that's what I'm seeing right now. Our own Andy McNeil says he thinks that line is, quote, bang on, unquote. We're showing minus 165 and plus 152 as the consensus numbers up on the screen. Uh, Carey Price and the Canadians trying to go up 2-1. to one. Golden Knights trying to uh, get back up in the series. Golden Knights have had two really slow starts in uh, games one and two, so they will try to correct that because that seems to be a glitch in the system for the Golden Knights here, at least in the uh, the recent short term. Let's talk golf. It's the 121st United States Open. Uh, we almost played a full round yesterday. Darkness got to us after the uh, morning fog delay. Matt Humans, our own Matt Humans, on the scene in San Diego. What a gig he's got down there. Maybe he's just chilling. I don't know. Uh, he's on the course, and uh, I don't know. Maybe he's in the fog literally again this morning. Matt Humans, everybody. Good morning, Matt. How you doing, man? Hey man, this is a uh, this is not a work assignment. This is just a vacation. Yes. So I'm walking around the uh, Torrey Pines course, and Gil, I stayed downtown San Diego last night. I was in the gas lamp area, and um, I guess before we talk golf, we got to talk that Reds Padres game. Yes. Uh, what a wild scene that was uh, last night. It's it's <laughs> it's just uh, funny to me 
to see Padres fans go berserk over a win over the Reds <laughs> in June, but I think there were a combination of factors. It just made you know fans are happy to be back in the stadium. Uh, the Padres, hey, let's face it, San Diego has had very few uh, contending teams in the past 20, 25 years. It's just a combination of factors. That was a crazy scene at Petco last night. Did you go to the game, man? No, I got here right after the game started, so I watched it from a bar around the corner. And uh, the gas lamp was alive last night. Now, a couple times in the uh, past year, I've been downtown San Diego, you know, during the pandemic and uh, even after that, and it was like a ghost town. So it was great to see that last night. It was really cool. Yeah, but for those who missed it, it was two to nothing in that game. Padres were up uh, going into the ninth. Reds played at four runs in the uh, top of the ninth. Padres tied it up and then win it with a two-run shot. And as Matt said, it's like they won the World Series. Um, you know, to, to the point about San Diego sports, though, and, and this is if, if any any one of us knows any San Diego sports fans, that was the concern. I brought this up on on the show several times during the pandemic. It was almost like you know the San Diego's had this you know inability to to win a World Series championship. And you just worried, not to mention futility in other sports, you worried that they were going to break that drought in the pandemic truncated season. And I remember throwing out that question many times, like, if you're a San Diego sports fan, would you really want to break that drought in this abridged season? And I'm not sure <laughs> many did. I, I'm sure in the end it wouldn't have mattered. People have been like, hey, we won the World Series. Doesn't matter. But I, I do. I would like to see them win it in a more legitimate year. I'm not sure how you feel about that. Yeah, I, I, I see your point there, and ask LA fans about that, right? Because the Dodgers won their first World Series since 1988, and the Lakers won their first NBA title since what 2009 in truncated seasons. Yeah, they don't care, do they? They're, yeah, I know they don't yeah. care. They, exactly, yeah. they don't care. They don't care. But they're, <laughs> they're always the most uh, fair weather. I think I can say this out loud, uh, and I say this from my Bay Area standpoint. So take it with the with the grain of salt that it deserves, uh, and, the, and the inherent rivalry. But they love a winner down there in Los Angeles. Let's just put it that way. So I think they'll take it anyway, <laughs> anyway they can get it. By the way, before we get into golf, I wanted to compliment you publicly when I complimented you on privately uh, while I was on vacation. You did. Uh, a piece that Tom Rinaldi uh, would have been proud of, uh, more of a Tom Riscaldi kind of thing, on Mike Krzyzewski. <laughs> you were sensational, man. That was awesome. Hey, thanks. We threw that together before the show that night, and I told uh, the producer, I said, see if you can find some cheesy piano music like they use on the Tom Rinaldi stories. <laughs> and um, so we put that together, and, you know, Coach K is not one of my uh, favorites, obviously, and uh, the media – he retired, and the media, the mainstream media, is going to spend the next year kissing his butt. So I thought, you know, we should just try to tell both sides of the story. It's like it's like Matt, you had it pent up for years, waiting for the moment <laughs> when, when his career was was going to end, and you're ready to unleash that. Uh, just as a reminder here, before we talk about the U.S. Open, it is Gil Alexander talking to Matt Humans live on the scene at Torrey Pines. Uh, in San Diego for the uh, U.S. Open Golf's third major of the year. Russell Henley uh, and Louis Oosthuizen, who had finished 16 holes yesterday, both tied atop the leaderboard at four under. Uh, one last thing, because i got to bring up the Mike Krzyzewski thing with you, and then we'll talk golf, I promise. But uh, did you ever hear my Lehigh coach story about Krzyzewski? I was on a plane once, Matt, 
and this guy. No, let's hear it. I was in the yeah. middle seat. These back in middle seat days, Matt. And I was uh, I was doing something sports betting related on my computer in the middle seat. Dude next to me, I could feel him kind of hovering over my shoulder. And finally, he spoke to me. He goes, "Hey, what do you do? What do you?" And I explained to him I was betting baseball. And he goes, "Oh, I, I don't know if you know this, but." Uh, I'm assistant coach at Lehigh. This was right after Lehigh had upset uh, Duke in the NCAA tournament. And I've told this story before, but I, I, so I sort of started asking him about that. Like, what was the most shocking thing about the game? And he said, and this is, I was reminded of this when you went through it. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, Matt, Matt with this beautiful Tom Rinaldi-like piece uh, on Mike Krzyzewski, the snarcastic version of it. Um, but he said to me, he goes, we couldn't believe he didn't make any adjustments. He used the word, he was like, he was so arrogant that he just couldn't, I don't know if he couldn't conceive that we could beat him or if he just didn't have anything in his arsenal, but he made no adjustments and I just couldn't believe it. That's what the Lehigh coach said to me. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because uh, arrogance one of many words I could take to uh, use to describe Coach K, but I, I really, and Alan Boston could probably talk at length about oh, this yeah. too. I, I really think that uh, Coach K stopped coaching a couple of decades ago, he just rolls the ball out there. He's not going to beat you if you have more talent than he does. He, he he wins games because he's got more talent than the opposing coach. Anyway, I could go on and on, Gil, but let's yeah. talk golf. Let's talk golf. So, <laughs> Oosthuizen does finish his round at four under. Is that what I'm saying? So, this is both Henley and Oosthuizen uh, yes. at four under atop the leaderboard. One stroke lead over Molinari and Cabrera Bayo. The only pre-flop play I played was Brooks Kepka at 18.54, plus 18.54, so just over 18.5 to 1. Uh, he's among those. Not It's only it's only him and Xander Shoffley that are two strokes back at two under after the first round. So first question, is there fog this morning again? Oh, yeah. Actually, I, um, I got up at about 5.15 uh, downtown San Diego, and I could not see the building across the street. The fog was so thick. Now, by the time I got out to La Jolla, it's lifted a little bit, and they're playing golf now. But um, it was—it's a—it's a dreary San Diego morning, which any, anybody who's spent time down here knows that uh, each day can be like two separate days. The first four or five hours, it's gray, uh, it's overcast. You got the marine layer; it's you know the fog is thick, and then by about noon, it breaks up, and it's a you know a sunny blue sky. Uh, Friday afternoon, which is what's the forecast today. But this morning, it's it's gray and it's cold, but at least the golfers are on the course. Yeah, standard marine layer stuff in San Diego uh, once again this morning. Who were you most surprised in terms of the, the bad performances in round one? Who surprised you the most? And I'll give you some some options. Maybe you can go off this list or, or go right. off the grid. Vic Hovland, uh, three over for his first round. Tony Finau, mm-hmm. three over. Um, Bryson, I'll throw him in, even though he ended up two over, which was sort of a salvaging of his first round. Morikawa, yeah. four over. Uh, I'll throw in Mickelson just because of the uh, shenanigans of the odds. I know you're not surprised by that. Four over uh, as well in his first round. And then perhaps, you know, I'll go down. I'll, I'll give one more. Webb Simpson, eight over. Good Lord. Uh, who was the most disappointing to you of that bunch? To me, it was uh, Colin Morikawa because that was my top pick coming into the tournament. You know, especially at twenty-five to one odds, that he's the best iron player in the world. And I thought, you know, he leads the tour in greens and regulation percentage at about seventy-two percent. You think that there's a guy who's going to play fairways and greens and these smaller greens that uh, Torrey Pines help a you know below-average putter like Morikawa? I thought he was a perfect fit for this. So, biggest surprise to me was. Uh, Colin, the PGA champ from 2020, shooting four over. 
Webb Simpson, of all the name players, was the worst player on the course yesterday at eight over. I know that surprised Brady Cannon quite a bit because Brady liked Webb Simpson. Uh, let's see, Tony Finau has been in the top ten of the first two majors this year. If you look at cumulative uh, scoring average at Torrey Pines, I think in the last five years, John Rahm, Tony Finau, and Patrick Reed are the top three guys. So for Finau to bomb like that in the first round is a little bit surprising. Victor Hovland, I know a lot of people had high hopes for him. You mentioned him. Uh, that was a disappointment. But all in all, I was pretty happy personally with uh, how the first round went because even though Morikawa was a bomb, and I don't really think he can get back in it, um, I had Kepka and uh, who's – oh, Shoffley. Kepka and Shoffley is my second and third-rated uh, players, and my biggest bets were on Morikawa. Kepka and Shoffley pre-tournament. So I was, you know, a lot of times it sounds a little strange, I think, to some people when you uh, say this, but I don't want to have the first-round leader. So if you bet Kepka, I think you're pretty happy being two strokes back. I am. Very rarely does a guy lead wire to wire in a major like this. I'm, a, I'm actually, I feel better about Kepka that he was not the first-round leader. That he's a couple strokes back, and I think he and Xander are actually in really good position. Yeah, I said the same thing last night on primetime action. I almost feel better that he that he had a little struggle there at the end to fall two strokes back. Here are you. Here are Eubens, uh futures one this year six, a matchup record six and one. And here again are his uh, futures plays and a couple head to heads here at the U.S. Open. Uh, Kepka, Morikawa, Neiman, and Scott. Kepka over DeChambeau, Mickelson over Westwood. Let me ask you about DeChambeau because this was one of the things I was wondering sure. about before the tournament. And you're on the scene, so you probably have some insight to this. But last year, U.S. Open, I remember after. Afterwards, sort of my big thing was like, okay, if they're gonna if they're gonna make every U.S. Open as they you know typically do, where the rough is is super punitive, maybe you always in U.S. Opens have to play some Bryson just on brute force. Is the rough at Torrey Pines? Um, does it fall into that narrative, or is it not as egregious? Because we talk to a lot of people on this show and on primetime action, and there seem to be some conflicting thoughts on how punitive the rough was going to be. What's your impression of it? Well, it's, before the tournament, you read the uh, the rough was going to be brutal. It could be carnage out there if you found the uh, rough too often, and that's why I was actually looking to fade guys like DeChambeau, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth guys who have uh, seemed to have lost their way with driving accuracy in the past uh, few months. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think it's as bad as some of the stories that we heard previously. So I think that was somewhat exaggerated about how, how penal the rough was going to be. Uh, as far as Shambo goes, I think he'll, I would expect he plays better today. Now, he had six bogeys and four birdies in the first round. He, he pretty much made a mess of the day, but the finish at, at two over was not bad. Yeah. Considering how ugly, you know, it looked at times. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if he goes a couple under par today and gets back to even, which would not be a bad position going into the weekend. But I've got, I do, I did like Brooks a lot in that head to head over Bryson. Uh, but I, you know, I've, I've always felt, I'll say for the past year, year and a half since this, uh, Bryson DeChambeau's circus freak story started to become, <laughs> become popular, you know, and how, how he's just, his head's almost popping off his body. He swings so hard and he's putting on these driving range exhibitions. I, I kind of feel like driving distance is the most, uh, I want to say overrated aspect of golf handicapping at this point. There's so many guys 
can bomb it off the tee. It's not that big of an advantage, I think, for, you know, DeChambeau to have maybe an extra 20 yards off the tee or 10 yards off the tee than uh, a lot of other guys out there. So it's still, to me, it still comes down to iron play, your play around the green and putting, and those are the biggest factors in winning any sort of major championship. So I don't get too caught up in the driving distance stats. Talking to Matt Humans, uh, senior editor here at Visa, also host of My Guys in the Desert, uh, Monday through Friday, five to seven Eastern here on the network, two to five Pacific. I've never had the chance, Matt, to ask you about your golf handicapping because you know I do the show with uh, Primetime Action with Matt Brown, Danielle Alvari, and Kelly Bidlin. And Matt and Kelly, they do their golf by modeling. Are you a modeler guy? Or are you just I watch tons of golf, and there is no substitute for that kind of thing. Well, everybody's got their different approaches to handicapping. Obviously, you know that from any sport you do, whether it's uh, the NFL, college football, college basketball, we all got different approaches. I don't put together math models for things. I'm more of a old-school sort of a handicapper, even though I do pay a lot of attention to uh, stats and pour over a lot of stats. I don't put together my own math models. Um, Kelly Bidlin and Matt Brown are outstanding golf handicappers. I mean, you can – there's plenty of different ways to skin a cat or whatever. Absolutely. Whatever the cliche might be, but I pay attention to all the golf stats. I just, I, I, I think my approach is I watch as much golf as possible. And you have to, you have to I use course form and current form as two of my biggest, um, two of my biggest factors when uh, judging players. And you, you always have to try to get a feel for players and when they're going to peak when they're going to play well, and when they're going to fade. Because if you can sort of get a rhythm on players, you're going to be in the hunt every week to to find the right guys on matchups, to find the right guys on the futures board. To me, it's just, it's more about getting a feel for the players and who's going to play well at certain courses, who's going to play well this week. It's, uh, like I said, course form, current form, are uh, the biggest deals for me when I handicap golf. I do pay attention to the stats, but... Yeah, I don't, um, you know, I don't get lost in the numbers. No, no, no. I listen. If there's anything I've learned through the years, and, and I'm guessing you're the same way, there's a, there's a spectrum, and people are successful doing it ways that that speak to them. Uh, the only other question I would ask is is this because I'm, I'm always curious here with golf, and it's my big crusade with golf, because we spend, and justifiably so, right on the network, talking hours and hours. Uh, we even have shows dedicated to it, obviously, with long shots. Hours and hours of pre-flop, you know, pre-tournament golf handicapping. But I always say it's like, okay, the, the thing that we don't get to do as much and, and is really more reality of betting in any sport, but maybe specifically golf because it's over four days, is we don't stop there when the tournament starts and just see how the bets manifest. You can bet after round one. You can bet after round two. You can bet live in round four on uh, the final round. How much of that do you do? And did you make any additional bets after round one, or are you waiting until the cut? That's a good question because a lot of people ask, how do you handle you know, your bet sizes, how do you manage your bankroll when you're talking about the futures board and matchups and all that stuff's relevant conversation uh, because it's, you know, it's it's obviously something that uh, you got to fine-tune over the years and you don't want to spread, you don't want to spray too many bets all over the futures board. That's one of the worst things you could do. But I would say, uh, to answer your specific question, I, I really don't look to uh, do much after the first day. I think the biggest overreactions in the market with the public is uh, what happens in the first round. I, I, I like to – now, if I missed something, if, if there was a guy 
I thought about betting pre-tournament, and I liked what I saw in the first round, and he really didn't score that well. I might look to play him after the first round, but in general, I don't really add anything until after the second round. I like to do things on uh, Friday night, a lot of times going into the third round. That's usually when I add things. I like that. I, I, I do think people overreact after round one. I think you let it manifest a little more. Let me ask you about a specific golfer or two. Matthew Wolf yesterday, one under, uh, finishes three strokes back. But, man, was it an adventure getting there. Birdie, birdie, bogey, birdie, birdie, par, double bogey, par, par, birdie, <laughs> par, birdie, birdie, par, bogey, double bogey, bogey, uh, birdie. So with all of that, five pars, the rest of it an adventure. Uh, how do you think a guy like that mentally, like going through that roller coaster and then coming out of that, knowing what you know about Matthew Wolf, uh, is he someone you're looking at or are you like, oh, I'm staying as far away from this guy as possible? That sounded like uh, one of them, except there's way too many birdies in there. <laughs> I, uh, I, th- I think Wolf, when you watch his swing, he just looks like a volatile player, right? And that's how it played out on the course yesterday. I, I don't really know where all those birdies came from yesterday because he's been in poor form. If anyone wanted to bet Matthew Wolf before the tournament, I would not have argued because he was up around 200 to 1. And for a guy who finished second in the last year's U.S. Open, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say, oh, that's a terrible bet at 200 to one. No, that's not a bad bet. Uh, but I certainly didn't expect him to come out and uh, put some low numbers on the card like he did yesterday. I, I still have to see more to believe it. I, I would be more inclined, Gil, to say he's gonna blow up than uh, stay atop the leaderboard. All right, uh, two minutes here, Matt. Of the of the non-elite names towards the top of the leaderboard, who are you thinking might be the more the most sustainable? of that group, the, the Henleys and the Blands of the world. Yeah, it's funny because before Louis Oosthuizen snuck up to a minus four yesterday, I saw him just quietly moving up the leaderboard, and I was like, damn it, that's the one guy I looked at pre-tournament. Mm-hmm. I never bet him, but I said, he's going to play well this week. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously he's not under the radar because the guy's tied for the lead after the first round. But that's the one I kind of uh, regret right now because I'm not surprised at all to see him playing well. So I think he's going to be there all weekend that's that's not a great answer considering he's tied for first but he is an under the radar player who's not bet by many people really you how many people did you hear handicap the u.s open before and say well i love lou eustice yeah matt brown maybe somebody somebody like that but uh very rare when uh, you hear people tell lou eustice but that's a guy i think is up there to stay and then the the other question would be in our final minute here of the bigger names that are sort of lurking uh, who's the guy that we've forgotten about? Is it Rory? Is it Berger? Who would you say there? I think Daniel Berger. Actually, that was another player I looked at before the tournament because he won at Pebble Beach, obviously, early this year. I was on him at Pebble Beach, and he's had a really quiet season since then, but he's an incredibly talented player. He's not really far behind Brooks Kepka in terms of uh, skill set. It's been a quiet year for, for Berger since his win at Pebble Beach. I'm, I'm hoping he can make a move this weekend. I'm, I'm glad you brought up his name because that's a guy that I think uh, right now you could probably still look to play maybe on Friday night. If you're looking at adjusted odds, you're going to lie bet. Keep, it, keep a close eye on Daniel Berger because I think he could make a move. I'm hoping he makes a move. And uh, I know we got to wrap it up, but Rory was a guy that a lot of people slept on too. I, I'm still not sure Rory can sustain it. But uh, he did play well yesterday. Matt, enjoy your day. Enjoy your weekend out there. 
Uh, I know it's going to be beautiful. Enjoy. Thanks for thanks for making the time, man. Hey, you bet. Thanks, man. Okay. Matt, Matt Humans, everybody, live on the scene at Torrey Pines for round number two of the 121st U.S. Open. Berger would be uh, a guy I better put something on. I could not have him win this without me having some money on him. Uh, we'll come back. Vinny Malil. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Numbers Game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Don't forget, COVID forced Canadian racing into a long delay, but they're competing again at Woodbine. Champion jockey Rafael Hernandez, or Hernandez if you'd like to say it that way, talks about it. And his recent injury on the Ron Flatter Racing Pod, Penelope, uh, Penelope Miller, that is, of America's Best Racing, and Dwayne Colucci talking this episode, too, which posts every Friday morning at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. It's sponsored by First Bet. It's the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. I asked Ron if he was at uh, Royal Ascot and if he was wearing a tap, uh, top hat, and he said, uh, Gil, don't ask me that question ever again. So I think that means yes. Um, this was something that was all over social last night about this kid who lost his fantasy football league. Um, not a kid, but a guy who lost his fantasy football league. 
Uh, his name was, uh, is it Leo Sanderman? Is that his name? Uh, he apparently is in a fantasy football league where he, he actually suggested, Leo Sanderlin, pardon me, Leo Sanderlin. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, Leo Sanderlin. Uh, apparently, he was in a, in a fantasy football league with his buddies, and he made the rule. He actually came up with it. Like, if you lose, if you finish dead last in your fantasy football, in, in their fantasy football league, you have to spend 24 hours, <laughs> 24 hours inside a Waffle House. Now, here he is. Um, this is a, this was his first tweet. Uh, he says, I'm coming to you live. And apparently he's a writer at a local newspaper. So he's actually very good. He's very funny. He says, I'm coming to you live from a branded Mississippi Waffle House. I, a total loser, came in last place in my fantasy football league. As punishment, I spend 24 hours in a Waffle House. Every waffle I eat shaves an hour off the clock. It's 4.07 Central. This was yesterday. And then he, he was live tweeting this all day long. Here's, a, here's an update uh, during this. Four waffles down. Been here for one and a half hours, so that means I have 18 and a half to go. Again, subtracting the one and a half hours and the four waffles, uh, I'm already to. I'm already in immense discomfort. Please, somebody launch me into the sun. <laughs> this guy's great. Anyway, he ended. He finally got out of there. I guess. Do we have one more tweet from him? He finally got out of there. Uh, oh, he was saying a couple notes. The punishment was my idea. I was convinced I wouldn't come in last, too. Obviously, I am dumb because I am not good at fantasy football. But just one of these, uh, you know, great great fantasy football stories of, of of leagues around the country and what one has to do. But good on him for uh, for making uh, humor out of it and live-tweeting it all. Apparently, he was allowed to go to the parking lot at one point just to get some fresh air. That was permitted. And he also said that if he hacked it all up, it would not be ruled against him. His clock would not then increase back up uh, for uh, not keeping the waffles down. So anyway, very uh, you got to love the uh, the minds of young adult males and the uh, the things they come up with. It's a lovely thing. Uh, we get tweets at Beatty the Book. A lot of uh, feedback on uh, Todd Wishnev's segment and beyond. Uh, first of all, this is from uh, Sean Higgs. He said, uh, Gil, come on. T. Wishnev has a button down on and is sitting in, uh, what is he saying? And sitting in boxers. Oh, and, oh, he said he might have the button down, but he's sitting in boxers. The Todd and Gil Wednesday show is the best uh, back in the day. Bill McNeil, hey, Gil, wow, Todd looks great. He could play Jonah Hill's degenerate gambler uncle in a movie. Well done, Todd. Um, Richard Palma sending one out to uh, one of our regular guests, Dan Bespris. He says, yo, Dan, Clips winning today again. Kiss the degenerate. Says, uh, Gil, regarding your pick on the Diamondbacks, didn't they set a record for the most consecutive losses yesterday? A buy-low spot, maybe, I'm tailing. Well, they, they set a record for the most consecutive losses on the road, which is 24 now. I can never remember if it's 23 or 24. Uh, but now they're back home, so that doesn't apply. But, yes, they're on an epic. They're on a bad losing streak, period. I think it's 14 in a row that they've lost outright. But the, the record losing streak was just on the road, so they're back at home tonight. Uh, let's see here. Bruce Dobigan. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Uh, he says, uh, lead the league. Oh, the Blue Jays, he says, lead the league in blown saves after seven innings. Tire fire, no option, all regulars hurt. And uh, that was one of the teams that Todd mentioned as uh, one of his uh, underbelly bullpen fades. So, yes, it's quantified there uh, by Bruce Dobigan. Sweet three dog. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. Hearing base winner has made 15 plays this year is the most shocking guest response I've ever heard on a numbers game. I was a little shocked by that too. Sweet three dog. Like there's close to the vest and then there's close to the vest. 
Uh, but I think what he meant by is like just 15 sort of official because he's been making plays beyond that. So I'm not really sure what he meant by that answer. Um, Dan Bespris responding about uh, the thing about the Clippers when he says, with Donovan Mitchell's ankle all messed up, I suppose you might just be right. Um, on and on with the tweets. We always appreciate the feedback. At beating the book. Uh, slow jamming with Vinny Maliulo coming up, including what I'm told is actual audio of me more than 20 years ago. Slow jamming. Mm-hmm. You wonder why we call this slow jamming with Vinny. It's always homage. It was always homage, paying homage or homage to those days. Uh, we'll do that. Paul Carr with Euro Cup 2020 picks as well. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander. The NHL and NBA playoffs are here, and our experts are covering every angle to find betting edges. VEASAN hockey expert Andy McNeil is tracking all the NHL action, and our senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel has all the hoops insights. Our experts and the entire VEASAN team give you all the tools to make the most of every bet on the playoffs, including odds and analysis for every game on VEASAN.com and our daily members-only best bet emails. Now's the time to cash in the playoffs. Sign up for your 10-day free trial at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Croatia and Czech Republic coming up at the top of the hour. Paul Carr will join us momentarily to uh, give some of his soccer thoughts. But first, ladies and gentlemen, slow jamming with Vinny. Oh, yeah. Now, people have been wondering through the years, Vinny. By the way, good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Joe. But I I thought I was was the originator. But apparently not the case. People, people wonder, like, why do you call that segment with Vinny slow jamming? Because when I, you know, when you first met Vinny and you start talking to Vinny on the air, Vinny's got the, the dulcet tones of Vinny Maliulo, and you're <laughs> like, yeah, this guy should have been a slow jam DJ. And so, uh, I don't know if people miss this. My co-host on uh, on mm-hmm. uh, Primetime Action, Matt Brown, yep. which I do with Matt, Danielle Avari, and Kelly Bidlin. Kelly and Matt, or, or it started with Ben Wilson. Ben Wilson was apparently, mm-hmm. you know, doing a deep dive on me. Right, he was doing. The, he, I don't know. He's re- he was researching me. Research excessive. Right. Some yes. people called stalking, but go ahead. Aggressive. Yes. yes. Right. And anyway, what came up was this CD that you know a lot of us who were DJs back in the day, we would have like compilation CDs we would put out too for a little extra, you know, like twenty bucks on the side or whatever we made on them. Anyway, uh, apparently somebody in the eBay universe, some 20 years later, had one copy of this, <laughs> and Ben found it. And so Kelly and Matt, both, it was, it was being sold for $100, apparently, and Kelly talked it down to 70 bucks. Did I understand also that it was autographed by one Gil Alexander? It's all printed there, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't actually. Yeah. So anyway. Did uh, you sign it for him, though, uh, on, on the reverse, maybe? Uh, he didn't ask me to. He really? didn't ask me to, yeah. Well, well, he th- yeah. said he would, but he didn't so ask I would me have to. asked you to. Anyway, uh, there's a uh, intro at the beginning, and this is, uh, so this is me 20-plus years ago introing this CD. This is Gil Alexander, host of The Love Zone on the Most Music 106 KMEL Jams in San Francisco. Thanks for coming inside The Love Zone. Get ready now for some true slow jams. <laughs> so let me, uh, let me, let me, let me just First of this, all, Gil. did it just get sexy in here or what? I did. How cheesy was that? Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. God. Somebody needs a cigarette. But I, I, 
I'm, I'm just, I, 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 I can tell you this. Gil. That's why we call I, this uh, slow jam. It was so, so while the request lines are open, I yes. have a request yes. right now. Please don't ever play that again. Don't, don't, don't ever ask me to, to use the term love zone. <laughs> Well, we, in, in the book, we're changing the name of a numbers game to a love zone. We just yeah, figured. Why I just not. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> that's, that's back in the right day, there, buddy. Uh, Let me tell that you. was the number one rated night show in San Francisco. Well, can we get one more look years. at the pose, though? I, I, I uh, 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 yeah. you know, the, for the folks, look at that guy. Look at baby. that. Look at that look kid. The, look at this uh, little, little a, side profile. Not a care in the nice. world. There's the, oh, there's the hand on the face. Not man. a worry in the world. Look, they misspelled my name on the uh, CD itself. That's how wow. quality of a production that was. Anyway, Vinny. Awesome, uh, Gil. We just we teased that at the beginning, so That's they wanted awesome. to play in there. I did see the I did watch that segment. Yeah. <laughs> I have so to great. tell you this. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kelly Bidlin was giddy. I mean, oh, he was like he was so he, giddy. I thought he hit a five teamer. Yeah. That's how excited <laughs> no, he was. I not, mean, I, I he was way giddier than that. Oh, man. Uh yeah, no. It's uh it's yeah. so interesting hearing a time capsule of your voice and how young you sound. You're like, yeah. "Oh my god, what has happened?" If they ever had a compilation of me, it'd be like during <laughs> during games or something. That's <laughs> Uh okay, so back to the, yes. back to today. Yes, Gil. Um how U.S. Open because we talked about this a lot. Mm-hmm. Masters always the most bet yep. in terms of the golf mm-hmm. tournaments because you have a whole off season to bet it. So there's that's never going to change. Did people bet the U.S. and usually it was like this downward graph mm-hmm. as the majors went on. Yep. But they moved the PGA now before the U.S. Open. Yes. Does the U.S. Open get more handle here at the South Point than the PGA did before yeah. it? Yes. So it's still this uh, uh, this handle order, if you will, from highest. I don't want to say lowest, but it, it'll it'll uh, tick down. No question, Masters, right? Again, it's booked the most, uh, the longest time. Uh, it's at the same course every year, obviously at Augusta. So you've got all of that, uh, and and it, it, there's there's history that folks like to like to deal with. So still, the Masters number one. The, the U.S. Open still number two, and I think no matter it, where it falls, it, on the it, calendar, does, it yeah. doesn't matter. Now yeah. PGA has ticked up. PGA was fourth, but it didn't with exceed the, the U.S. Open. Didn't exceed the, U- the U.S. Open. We did have a stronger PGA this year. And again, I'm not going to compare uh, uh, things to last year because you just can't. So what you, what you want to reference is 2019. And so uh, PGA this year was definitely stronger than 2019. I think the the fact that. Uh, you know, obviously, there's a lot more interest in it, a lot more coverage. We do a lot more coverage. Vision is contributing a lot to the fact that uh, sports wagering is is increasing. Of course, uh, the other jurisdictions around the country. Uh, it's remember, Gil, when we first started uh, Vision uh, back in 2017, sports wagering was becoming mm-hmm. more mainstream. It 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 is more mainstream. It's part of it's part of the uh, the, the sports and entertainment fabric now. How in, long in ago does let's just yeah. let's have this moment here? Yeah. How long ago does twenty seven beginning of twenty seventeen seem right? to you? Is that like yeah? Wow, we were yeah. <laughs> we were. So I had young. less. I had yes. less. You know, Italian blonde highlights yeah. uh, in my hair at that time. <laughs> yeah. No. It's 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 no. But to your point, yeah. I mean, it's how how far we have come. So you know, and and in a blink, right? You think right. about it. Wow. That really, you know, and and here we are, but. But so, but but PGA this year, I think the Mickelson aspect certainly helped. Is Phil Mickelson? There's that sentimental aspect to to Mickelson uh, by 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 some betters, um, more casual betters, more more seasoned betters will treat Mickelson the way 
more seasoned betters, professionals handled Tiger Woods. Remember, we, we talked about this right. skill in the past, right? It, if you if you want folks to bet on Tiger because you're going to get a, a better price on other golfers. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with, with Phil Mickelson. Uh, here and again, look not to take anything away from the fact that he that he did win uh, win the PGA, but uh, needless to say, still the Masters, U.S. Open, PGA, but PGA is closer now to the to the British uh, in, in terms of its hand. It used to be because uh, it used to go up against what it, it went right. up against uh, exhibition football, which right. everybody was clamoring for, you know. So, and and it's going. To, I'm I'm curious now, just along those lines, to see. Uh, I think the response to exhibition football will still be strong, but we'll, we'll let's uh, yeah, yeah we'll, we got to go we'll to break a little but, bit but about um, that. Do people you do you repost lines after each round? Yeah, of the in Open? fact, they're doing it. You know, we put up matchups today, and again, there were some guys that were still on the course this morning, not trying to finish uh, round one. But like, so. this is what kills me. So, how what's the drop off from pre-flop futures to after round one or after round two? Like, hugely significant, I would imagine. Yeah, it's a probably I'd say uh, round two be like twenty five percent, twenty percent. That alone yeah. tells me that people probably are a little. Yeah, off in the way they bet these more, things. More uh, handle on the head-to-heads for round two. Oh, I, I respect yeah. that. I certainly respect that. Yeah. We'll come back. More slow jamming with Vinny. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. 
Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Turn a $1 wager on the Sixers or Hawks tonight and a 100 with BetMGM if either team hits a 3. Just use bonus code VISA100 when you sign up for the king of sportsbooks and get ready for showtime. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com for more details. And make sure to use promo code VISA100. New customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C. or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please get Responsibly gambling problem. Call 1 800 522 4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and DC. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. In Indiana, call 1-800-9 with it. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Skill Alexander, slow jamming with Vinny. We get tweets at Beanie the Book, Sean Higgs. Um, Sean Higgs showing a picture of somebody who has a smooth jazz Vinny t-shirt. And it's not you, Vinny. Oh, I know who it is. Do you? It's Sean Higgs. Got to look into that. Uh, Greg V, $70 worth every penny. (laughs) No doubt. (laughs) By the way, Kelly said it didn't matter how much that CD cost. He was buying it. It Uh, uh, I can't read that tweet. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thank you, Stephen Vegas, but I'm not reading that. Uh, Victor Ornelas, uh, that Slow Gems intro is freaking fantastic. Um, I can't read his hashtag. What is it on a hashtag? Oh, okay. There you go. He said hashtag slow gemming the book. Um, Bill McDeal. Oh my God, Gil. That is the hardest I've laughed in months. Please tell me you're going to burn copies and sell them in the VEASAN store. Amazing voice. Uh, Kevin Boiler Better Thompson. Let us never speak of the love zone again. Damn. I don't know what that meant. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's why we call this slow jam with Vinny. Cause Vinny's the ultimate slow jam guy. Whoa. Vetus Flytrap himself. By the way, you hear Herb Tarlick, the guy who played Herb Tarlick, passed away from WKRP the other day. He did. He did. Yeah. I shouldn't say the guy who played Herb Tarlick. I should actually give him respect of his name, but I, I don't know his name offhand, but I will, I will find that. Uh, okay, so let's go to this Euro Cup. And by the way, for yes. people who are looking, we're going to talk to Paul Carr. Oh, do we have Paul Carr on? Do we have Paul Carr, by the way? To talk Euro Cup, let's All bring right. in Paul Carr for a second. Paul Carr, everybody, at Paul Carr, C A R R, from uh, Topeka, Kansas, everybody. Um, so I'm looking at the screen. Where is this downpour? Was it raining at the Croatia Czech Republic game? Or is I'm not I think watching? It's the, no, I, I think it's the, the England Scotland game. It's the England Scotland yeah, yeah. game. Yeah, I did see they were expecting rain. It might turn Wembley into a quagmire or something like Glasgow. That. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, in it Glasgow, yeah. yeah. It, it does look like a quagmire, but that game's not for three hours. Do you have anything on Croatia-Czech Republic here at the top of the hour? Yeah, I'm going to play, play in the under here for, for a couple of reasons. One is neither one team neither team looked all that great in the opener as far as creating chances. Uh, Croatia 
they combined, I think, for like 12 shots and a little over one expected goal or 18 shots and a little over one expected goal. So not a lot of great opportunities for either team. And it's also we're getting into the situation where these scenarios are really a factor. Like a draw is really OK with both of these teams. Uh, if they get a point like Czech Republic gets a point, they're on four and they're almost certainly going through. Croatia gets a point then all they have to do is beat Scotland in the last group game. They're almost certainly going through with four points because if you get four. It's like over 90 percent that you're going to go through. Uh, based on historical tournaments like this. So I, I like the under, uh, even like a one goal loss isn't the worst thing for either one of these teams. So I like the under, I think it'll be pretty tight. Neither team taking a lot of chances or, or creating a lot of chances. So yeah, under two and a half is my play for this game at minus 160 is my price. Paul, Vinny Maiulo, I, I enjoy your work. Uh, Thanks. Uh, I appreciate uh, uh, your, your opinions and stuff. So from our side of the counter, always looking for respected opinions. Uh, uh, and so in a game, let's say, like uh, Wales and Italy uh, on, on Sunday, they're going to play. Italy's up it, totally in control of the group uh, and in dominated. How do you look at a game like that where it's foregone, you know, that Italy's going to advance and, and in handicapping that? So actually, from our side, we actually have a lower price here. It's, it, we use mm -hmm. uh, a goal line here. Our clientele um, uh, gravitates to that. So minus one and uh, minus 120. Uh, because of that, kind of lowered it simply because of, their, of the fact that they're in control. How do you approach that from your perspective where Italy's in uh, total control of that group? These are the hardest games, I think, to handicap. Because both these teams, Wales is, they're, I don't think they're through officially yet, but by the time that game is played, it's possible mm -hmm. they will be. And four points is almost certainly going to get them through. So, And there's some motivation to win the group because you get an easier draw Right. In the at least in the round of 16, I think that's about it as far as the way this knockout round goes. So it's really hard when both teams have these kind of half motivations. I kind of just throw it out the window. You know, I, I tend to do it what the natural inclination is. If one team is more severely motivated than the other, you know, that will tilt it a little bit. Uh, and I also look the other thing I, I look at something like this is depth. Like Italy is a lot deeper, stronger than Wales is. So Italy might rotate their squad a lot and play, you know, half of a new team for rest purposes. But their, you know, players 12 through 15 are going to be a lot better than Wales players 12 through 15 if they you know, want to do something similar, which is pretty reasonable for both teams in a, a tight tournament like this. So I, I tend to still kind of favor that better team just because, of course, they're better mm -hmm. and because they have more quality the further down, which I think we've seen kind of throughout this tournament that coming through. Okay, Very good. two things. Thank One, you. Frank Bonner, rest in peace, who played Herb Tarlick on WKRP. Let's give the man his respect. Uh, and then, okay, so along the lines of what Vinny was saying, so let, let's do England-Scotland first if you have any yeah. play there today at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, in, in what looks like a deluge there in Glasgow. But then to Vinny's point, uh, tomorrow, Hungary, France, Portugal, Germany, Spain, Poland, how do you play all that? Yeah. Yeah. So those are still the last, those are all the second set of group games. So those games are still fairly straightforward. It's going to get really weird uh, next week, starting Sunday, when you have all these A simultaneous games and B uh, teams that do or don't have anything to play for. Um, so I'll start with England, Scotland. I haven't made a play on this yet, and I'm still trying to uh, kind of talk myself into it. The <laughs> fact that it's pouring makes me more inclined to play the under just because it's going to be us. I don't think Scotland is that good. You know, they're one of the five-ish worst teams at the tournament. England's one of the five best. Uh, so I don't think there's a lot of value playing England to win at like minus 320 or something. Um, I'm looking at maybe England minus a goal and a half, but the rain really makes me hesitant to do that. Like if this field is a mess, that just feels like, you know, England gets a one goal lead and that's it. So I probably, 
if this rain is sticking around or the field at least is in bad shape, I'm probably looking at under two and a half. I think it's at minus 110 or so. Uh, but I haven't made a play on this England Scott. Scotland game yet. I'm trying to talk myself into something, though. I probably will in the next couple hours. All right. And then those, those three games tomorrow, you're, you're, you're leaning one way or the other on those? Yeah. I have some leans still. I got to get past this England-Scotland game before I make my plays on the next round. But yeah, uh, France minus a goal and a half at minus 110 looks pretty good to me. Uh, I thought it'd be a, a little more juice on that for minus a goal and a half. But I mean, again, most talented team in the tournament. Hungary is fine. But uh, as we saw, Portugal eventually did to them. Uh, they're not a super talented team relative to France. Uh, I kind of like Portugal at plus 225 against Germany. I know this game is in Munich, so that's why you get a nice price on it. But these two teams aren't that far apart from a quality standpoint. And, you know, home field advantage is something, but it's not everything. So I think Germany is around plus 130 and Portugal's plus 225. And that doesn't, this doesn't strike me as quite right given uh, the two teams there. So I'm kind of leaning Portugal there. Uh, maybe play it on the goal line, which I think is plus half a goal is like minus 150. But one of those ways I'm leaning Portugal. Uh, and I think I like the under probably in Spain, Poland, at minus 105, under two and a half. Just, you know, we saw what Spain did against Sweden. They're going to have a whole lot of the ball, not let their opponents do much. But Spain also doesn't score uh, all that well. They don't, again, they don't have a great striker. Uh, so I, I would expect that to kind of look like the Spain-Sweden game where, you know, one team scratches a goal or two, and that's about it. So I'm leaning under. Uh, there tomorrow. So we got, we got a lot of good stuff tomorrow as to finish up the first set of group games. Yeah, and you're right. Thanks for clarifying. The shenanigans of the third game starts on Sunday, not tomorrow. Yep. Croatia, Czech Republic, top of the hour, though, here at a little more than six minutes. Under is the official play. By the way, Felika, yep. Chris Felika, the Bear, chiming in to your point. Winner of Group A has to face uh, Belgium, the quarters in France, and the semis. Better to be second in Group A. Yeah. Those are the kind of shenanigans we're talking mm-hmm. about. Uh, and then last thing, Paul, uh, just on on what's happened already, um, basically, and this was this was really, you know, reflective of you know yesterday. The better teams are winning more yeah. by and large, aren't they? It's been a very chalky tournament. I mean, the only real upset is Finland knocking out or beating Denmark one nil, and that had the asterisk of Christian Eriksen and everything that happened to him in that game. But I mean, Finland scored on their only shot of the game, and Denmark had I think 22 shots. But yeah, other than that, it's been very chalky. Uh, you know, we're looking at a small sample size, so it's always tricky to read a lot into it, but I think a lot of it just has to do with, as a reference, there's the depth factor. There's just, in the Belgium-Denmark game, we saw Belgium go down a goal, but then they brought De Bruyne and Hazard off the bench. Mm-hmm. These are two guys who had fitness issues, so you know they're, they're coming back from various things. So that was part of the reason, but they brought in two guys who are or have been in like the top five players in the world at some point in recent years off the bench, and that changed the game. So I think the depth is coming into play a little bit, given that we're coming off this compressed season where teams jam so many club games into uh, so little time. And these teams haven't played together all that much. They have fewer internationals than normally over the last few years, last couple of years. So I think that could be a factor as well, where this talent just you know wins out eventually. So it's it's tough to read again into you know 15 or 20 games. But I think all that stuff is is kind of coming to the fore here, at least in the first half of the group stage. Paul, we appreciate it. Um, I'm going to say we're going to talk to you again next week. We're trying to set the all-time record here of consecutive uh, consecutive <laughs> appearances. Felica Ripken, let's go. That's right. Felica down first, then DiMaggio, Ripken, it's the whole thing. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it, man. You bet. Have a good weekend. You too. Take care, Paul. Uh, how's your handle been on uh, EuroCup? Very good. Uh, yeah? And, and <clears throat> you know, what helps us here at South Point, Gil, is being a, a 24-hour book in a three-shift town. And, and, and what, what I mean by that is folks love to uh, wake up with action, either watching it 
or results. Hey, you check a ticket when they get up and get ready for work. You know, if they're on if they're on graveyard or swing shift, they're in action. You know, while they're you know uh, just d- during the course of their uh, their day or shift. So uh, it's been a, a a very strong handle uh, so far, and uh, we're pleased with it. it. It's amazing. It just adds to what would normally be a quiet time of year, mm-hmm. which that's out the out the window this year, right? Let's face it. I mean, we're we're we've got. Uh, you know, the uh, the, uh, the NBA playoffs and NHL, this is a great addition to that. NBA playoffs chaos has caused, has caused more betting or, or less? Oh, absolutely more. And we've <laughs> got it for another month. Isn't that amazing? Almost, you know, another, you more figure another, chaos, more bets. That's what Makes no That's sense good. whatsoever. It's all good. Yeah. Vegas Golden Knights, huge handles tonight, I would imagine. A tremendous amount of handles. It's, uh, that, as long as they're in it, too, it'll add to the hockey handle. I'm all over the Canadians in this series. Oh, you I love the price. Stuff not to be. Vinny, price. thank you. Always, always good to be with you, Gil. Slow jamming with Vinny. Good luck with all your bets all weekend long from all of us at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Line is next. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.